0: Here we go on another rock and roll adventure, Marcus and Ray together on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Buddy, we both heard the theory that the first four Peter Gabriel self-titled albums are really connected, and some will go as far as saying they're a song cycle.
2: I believe that they are connected. What Peter Gabriel did, everything is connected. Each album is connected to its predecessor and the one after it throughout his entire cycle in some way or another. And so... I think the connections are there, but if you look at each of these four albums, they're different in so many ways and they give us a real progression of Peter Gabriel as a solo artist breaking away from Genesis and finding himself and we get to see that journey in those first four records
0: as someone who was there for the birth of his solo career at college radio level i stayed with him all the way through and then watched in amazement we already did the episode about the so album but what got him there and that's what we want to dig into looking at those first four albums The first thing we have to talk about is that they're all named peter gabriel they're all eponymous After the second one, people start saying, what the fuck is this?
2: He's totally into that simplicity. He always has been. He's had two-letter titles like So and Us because that simplicity strikes a chord with people in a way that is real and
0: honest. And I think you just kind of set that straight for a lot of people. Good idea, man. Good idea. I guess coming out of Genesis, a lot of us were curious, so... They had just accumulated so many fans and they wanted to know what was Peter going to do on his own. And along the way, as he did those four self-titled albums, we, the fans also gave them names. He didn't have to, right? You had car, then you had scratch, then you had melt, and then you had security. And I forget how the image on security kind of inspired that, but the fans did that more than anybody. Yeah. I think he's great.
2: One thing I thought was interesting in getting ready for this episode, Ray, is that before Peter Gabriel released his first solo album, Car, Genesis had released two albums already moving forward. So they had an idea of what they were going to do and really went at it. Whereas it seemed like Peter became very deep into himself to try to figure himself out and what he was going to do and how was he going to be free as a solo artist to create his art?
0: I think he went about it in the traditional way, as you would call it, because first off, he got a producer, a named guy, Bob Ezrin, to produce that first record. At some point, Marcus, you know somebody said, is there anyone you'd like to work with on this record? and if he didn't have a list right away he came up with one real soon and you know robert fripp was on it tony levin larry fast alan schwarzberg all those guys he wanted to get in on it and the other people on that first album included steve hunter and dick wagner who we've already identified as guitar guys guitar doctors if you will they'll come in and fix your thing you know they did it for so many people together and separately but there's steve hunter playing the acoustic guitar on salisbury hill on the first solo album.
2: And at the same time, producer Bob Ezrin was working on records with Kiss and Alice Cooper, which is completely opposite in the rock and roll spectrum from what Peter
0: Gabriel did. And his greatest achievement was to come with The Wall, probably a couple projects down the line. He definitely had an impact on Peter finding and following his muse. Because not everything is the next thing from after Genesis. He's finding different voices. Here comes the flood, an amazing song that often gets overlooked, except for by the faithful.
1: When the night shows,
0: the signals grow
1: on radios. All the strange things, they come and go as early warnings. Stranded starfish have no place to hide Still waiting for the swollen Easter tide There's no point in direction We cannot even choose a side I took the On the tall cliffs They were getting older Sons and daughters The jaded underworld Was riding high Waves of steel Of metal At the sky And as the nails Sunk in the cloud
0: The rain was warm And soaked The crowd and there are hints at his future solo voice in songs like Modern Love and Waiting for the Big One. Big one.
1: Do How did I get this one? Have no money.
2: This album is a trip opening with Moriban the Burgermeister, which still kind of has that Genesis feel and you can feel his roots. Right into Salisbury Hill Which is in a way Kind of a goodbye love song To Genesis And uh, him sort of talking about How he spent his time Trying to figure out What path he was going to take
1: Climbing up on Salisbury Hill I could see the city light Wind was blowing Time stood still i yeah. yeah.
2: It just keeps rolling from there and it goes all over the place. And I think you get a feel for what direction he's moving in, but he's not quite there. And he still writes these great songs that have that sense of humor that Genesis had in their music and are very theatrical. That theatrical side is still there.
0: If people were wondering whether he had made the right move or was just trying to build off of Genesis growing fame, the answer is the debut album in the U.S. gets to number 38, number seven in the U.K. and does really well around the world. He has established himself with Salisbury Hill and a really great first album and keeps the momentum going. As we move into the next record with Fripp at the helm, I want to make notes about the studios. On the debut, the soundstage in Toronto and Morgan Studios and Olympic in London were all used to make the album. Change of producer with Fripp coming in on what we now call Scratch. And the move is made to Relight Studios in Hilvernbeek, Netherlands. And the hit Factory in New York, two very different environments. Peter was
2: really nervous about using Robert Fripp to produce the record. He knew the album wouldn't be a commercial type of record. The Frippertronics in one of the songs was going to give it sort of an icy feel. Robert Fripp really wanted Peter Gabriel to record honestly and be true to himself, which Peter Gabriel did. And in a way, we sort of got a new reinvented Peter Gabriel on this record. Further away from Genesis and one step Closer to who he would Eventually become
0: more well Defined with songs like On the air and DIY Hitting it radio with both Of those but other songs on the album Helping him to develop that full Person that he is And whatever pushed me for You went on in the studio he managed to limit Tripatronics to just exposure One track that he and Robert Wrote together just saying
2: And did you notice how Peter Gabriel's vocal style is a lot different on Scratch versus on Car? And he's almost a little more uh, visceral and sedated on this record than some of the songs from previous records that he sang on I and think from he's the future just
0: developing his style i think he's finding his voice real his real true voice maybe
2: but i found it very fascinating how so much of the record was different but yet it was completely peter gabriel
0: you know what's really cool is you start to see him developing his own musical troupe right tony levin larry fast jerry Murata, and then people like roy bitten jump in Or Sid McGinnis, who plays a lot on the Scratch record, he had his core, and they were with him on most, if not all, of those first four albums. I found a Facebook connection with Larry Fast, who's my keyboard whiz favorite amongst his uh, generation. I asked him about it, how much fun they must have had to make that album. He said, it was a great experience, sometimes fun, but mostly a lot of hard, deliberative work. And that's what I think anybody who works in a genius environment finds. A lot of people said that about Zappa. Focus. Energy. Larry, you are a perfect guy for the job, man. I don't think I have to say it, Marcus. I have both of those albums on vinyl and CD. And uh, same with the next two we're going to talk about in the second half of today's episode, all about Peter Gabriel, eponymously, on The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Brought to you by Boldfoot Socks and Crooked Eye Brewery in the heart of Hapbro. We thank them for their support. And speaking of support, I can't say enough about the team that is behind Peter Gabriel on these albums so far. Most of them are with them all the way through the fourth album and on into So. So it's kind of fun. But we're digging in with St. Peter Gabriel on the podcast, Marcus.
2: I know it's a blast talking about this, cat because... His music is just so great all the way through album to album and listening to it differently as we're following his growth as a musician and as a human being is wild. And one of the things that I love is that Robert Fripp goes from player on the first record to producer player on the second record back to player on melt and just goes with the flow and doesn't care that he's not producing again and still just is having so much fun making this great music, not only with King Crimson, but with Peter Gabriel, too.
0: And that same trend of thought and way of looking at things is what allowed him to get through the pandemic and make the most of it. And what does it lead to? Sundays with Toya. And it's the next thing, all fantastical from the mind of Fripp. And I think that Gabriel was. Grateful for his influence at that point, you know, just to help him get out there a bit, find his way. Back with more about Peter Gabriel, the first four, next on The Imbalanced History
2: of Rock and Roll.
0: Thanks, as always, to Boldfoot Socks for sponsoring the podcast. And boy, oh boy, they've got some big doings, and we've got Josh.
2: Yeah, Josh ran a 100K race in the socks that he wore the year before and they held up just as well the second time
0: and here's the man josh law on his latest adventure the Ravapie 100 miler all right so we just hit mile 25 which means we are one fourth of the way done
1: we just passed mile 40. still feeling all right just
3: crossed over the 80 mile barrier starting to get there. It's also starting to hurt a little bit. Let's
2: go, Josh. Finish it out. Woo. Don't forget to go to boldfoot.com and check out the socks that they have. American grown, American sewn.
0: And you know they're road tested by Josh himself.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're your feet. Be bold. Ah, springtime, Marcus, and the warmer weather means the doors are going to be open. People are going to be drinking those Crooked Eye brews outside, enjoying the atmosphere of the warmer weather as the weather turns towards the beautiful part of spring. But between here and there, they're keeping it rocking inside, too, at Crooked Eye, right there in the heart of Hapro, and we thank them for their support for about a million years now on the Imbalance History Podcast.
2: With the weather getting nice, that means they're going to line up some really beautiful spring type of beers for you and I to enjoy when you sit outside and enjoy the weather at Crooked Eye. They also have cocktails, they have food, so much more. It is a great place to hang out.
0: And the entertainment is ongoing every night. There's something going on, including my vinyl night, the second Tuesday of every month. Grab some friends, come on round right there off of York Road in Montgomery. It's Crook and I Brewery, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. Always a good time to be had and a new friend to be made. talking about the first four solo peter gabriel on the imbalanced history of rock and roll ray and marcus and i want to put a thought out there for the setting for the third solo album 1980s melt as we all call it right mm-hmm. steve lillywhite producing and the credit show they recorded at the Townhouse Studio in London and at Manor Mobile in Bath. Now, is that the first step towards him taking over Ashcomb House and installing a studio in the barn and all that? Which, by the way, I found out, doesn't go on as long as we think before he moves to the real world studios that he builds once he goes mad. But... Here in 1980, they're ready to make the record. Steve Lillywhite and the Manor Mobile is there, and they're making a record with a lot of the same people. David Rhodes on guitar, too.
2: They had some great contributors on this record. Kate Bush, Dick Gregory of XTC, sax player Dick Morrissey, Paul Weller even plays some guitar on this record. And this album was wild in so many ways. Peter Gabriel did not want symbols used in the percussion on the Melt record and so Phil Collins worked with Hugh Padgham and Steve Lillywhite to create the gated reverb effect on the drums and the only way I can explain this is the effect is that the reverb of a hard hit drum cuts off well before its final decay and it really darkens the music a lot In the Air Tonight might be the most famous example of this gated reverb effect on the drums.
1: But I know the reason why.
0: Also worth noting, some people whose names you may not know from the everyday list of studio guys, John Giblin on most of the songs on here with no Tony Levin, really.
2: He only played the Chapman stick on I Don't Remember on this record. I've no means to show identification. i got no
1: paper show you what I am. You'll have to take me just the way that you find me. And
0: And of course I had a look because as soon as he came on I wanted to know who is that playing saxophone on start? Well it's Dick Morrissey, and he's also on Family Snapshot and lead a normal life. It's nice here with a view of the trees Eating with a spoon,
1: they don't give you knives Expect you watch those trees blowing in the breeze We want to see you lead a normal
0: And of course, I had to go digging to find out more about Dick Morrissey and who he was and what he did beyond doing this part on, you know, Peter Gabriel's album. Turns out he had an amazing career, a lifelong player, jazz man, solo act, all kinds of groups he was in and out of recording, live work, all his life, held in the highest regard. And there he is, on Start, from Peter Gabriel. all of that Marcus plus I think the songs have progressed from album 2 to album 3
2: I agree 100% and I found this great article about this album at Treblezine.com, and it really did a good job pointing out the darkness of this record. Melt is filled with fear and cascading disaster. Listen to Intruder into No Self-Control, the first two songs on the record, and in No Self-Control, he says, I don't know how to stop throughout the song. And then a little later on the last song on the record and Through the Wire, He keeps saying, I want you over and over throughout that song. And it kind of, in a way, catalogs misbehavior and urges of humans. And if you listen to the sounds underneath, while the music is amazing, it still makes you feel a little uncomfortable when you listen to it. And Melt originally was so unsettling and difficult. That Atlantic Records, which is Genesis's American label, who also distributed Gabriel's solo work, refused to put the album out. Atlantic head Ahmet Erdogan wondered if Gabriel had been institutionalized. Mercury Records picked up Mm. the album instantly. The supposedly inaccessible work became Gabriel's highest charting U.S. album of all time, including his Genesis work.
0: I'm not sure what Atlantic thought they were getting but this is definitely the album that he should have been making and there's no question it's the next step and in almost every way that is verified and ratified by the fans and by the public and it also opens a door on side two there at the end but the politics of the world. Peter's very aware of the world at this point, and he's making a lot of us more aware of the world and what's going on out there. And that includes the death of Stephen Biko in song, in a spiritually moving way. For a young guy, my age, early 20s, to discover these kind of things were going on, kind of touches you and changes you.
2: really does i was a little later to these albums it was 81 82 when i got a hold of all these peter gabriel records and i was blown away from the start the melt album of the first four hit me the hardest because of side two opening with Games Without Frontiers and ending with Biko is a powerful side of an album. And what I read in Treblezine about this really hit home and made sense to why this struck me so hard as a kid. It channels those glitches into operations that seamlessly channels into group efforts towards mutually assured destruction, nationalism, racism, group conformity, and political murder. No errant impulse will go untapped. No character flaw will go demobilized. And if you listen to the progression of Games Without Frontiers into Biko, it follows that path exactly. And the wildest part maybe about this album is he did it in German too.
1: Hans spielt mit Lotte. Lotte mit Joe. James spielt mit Willi. Willi ist froh. Mit Leo, Sascha spielt mit Brit. Also zünde Bücher an Enrico macht auch mit. Krieg uns bis uns, wir jagen durch das Gras. Krieg uns bis uns bis auf die Frachsen im Dschungel. Some knockout. I couldn't break a turtle's bed. He Krieg muss Mensch schwänzen. Spiel ohne Grenzen. I couldn't break a turtle's bed. He flirted. Krieg muss Mensch schwänzen. Spiel ohne Grenzen. Krieg muss Mensch schwänzen.
0: It's Peter Gabriel, the first four on the imbalance history of rock and roll. Uh, let's see. We did car and then we did scratch and we did what I think is our mutual favorite Melts, And then we come to the fourth album and it's called security. And it took a while for me to get that because the image didn't make it that clear to me right away what it was all about. And that's the great thing about Gabriel fans, man, kind of operate on your own frequency a little bit and then you get it or you don't.
2: I remember seeing the Shock the Monkey video for the first time and I remember being blown away not only by what I was seeing, but what I was hearing too. Made me really interested in the record this record totally different from the third record we put songs from this album on our mixtapes in
0: high school and there were some tones to this album that were definitely different than the first three songs like rhythm of the heat and san Jacinto right
1: Around me, buffalo roll, sage and bundle, skin. Outside, cold air. Stand, wait for rising sun. Red paint, eagle feathers, coyote calling, it has begun.
0: There still are threads that connect the albums like i have the touch and the family and the fishing net and maybe foreshadowing to sew with the sounds and feels of shock the monkey or lay your hands on me
1: sat in the corner of the garden grill with the plastic flowers on the windowsill no more miracles loaves and fishes Being so busy with the washing of the dishes Reaction level's much too high. I can do without the stimuli.
0: Constant progression. And within these four albums, just look at it and listen to it. It becomes self-obvious. The way that he just progressed musically as a writer and using this core of musicians, Tony and David, Jerry and Larry, and bringing in whoever else he needed. And that was really going to come in handy when he made So Next, right? With the studio already built into Ashcombe House and ready to go.
2: Oh, yeah. And Shock the Monkey was his first number one as a solo performer, too, in the United States.
0: And that's what I didn't want to miss mentioning, that the studio at Ashcombe House was fully operational when he did this album. So it was just him and David Lord doing their thing wisely they got a little help when they went to make the next one i think one thing that's true that beyond the hits every peter gabriel fan has their own list of favorites off each album and if you and i did a five favorites now and then again in about a year they'd be different
2: they definitely would be different do you think you could whip up a five favorite right off the top of your head right now
0: since we haven't prepared for a proper five favorites what should we do? Because, you know, we both love some of these songs more than others.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think we should just maybe pick our favorite off each album going backwards since we uh, went forwards.
0: That's actually harder than picking five favorites overall, trying to pick one of these songs off each album. Um, but I guess I'd have to say for me, Shock the Monkey on the fourth one, if we're going to start there on the fourth record. And
2: I would have to say exactly the same just because of the impact it had on me as a child. And then jumping back to the previous record, Melt, produced by Steve Lily White, what is your favorite on this record? Can you pick your favorite?
0: I don't remember. I don't recall. That's my answer. It's not my favorite. I'm just saying I'm taking the fifth here uh, because I really don't know. If I was kind of pressed about it, I'd say Biko because it was so impactful to people and me.
2: I've been listening back to this record as we've been preparing to record and games without frontiers for this time, I would say would be that followed closely by intruder.
0: We're going for one A. one. A. okay. Wait a minute. I can go backwards too.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what about on the second record? That's a tough one
2: too. It really is. I would say animal magic maybe is my favorite on that record.
0: DIY says a lot I love it
2: and now going back to the very first album
0: it was released in my freshman year college radio I went hog wild all over this debut album from Peter Gabriel there's a lot of choices but I love modern love
2: I'm a little torn too because I love Salisbury Hill I'm also a huge fan of Down the Dolce Vita, but I think at the end of the day I'm gonna pick Moribund the Burgermeister because of the song in the wild groove. That is probably my favorite song on the first round. You
0: just wanna see them do a kid's cartoon <laughs> of that song. Replete with costumes and all that good stuff. I,
2: I want kids to walk around and going, Hey, there's Moribund the Burgermeister.
0: <laughs> it could happen.
2: Yes, it could. Oh my <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, man, it's always a learning adventure, but mostly when it comes to trips like this one that we take, it's fun. N -N fun.
2: Without a doubt, it's a trip, too. And... Peter Gabriel has impacted us all differently, and we'd definitely love to hear your stories about the first four albums. If you got to see him in any smaller venues on any of those tours, if you got to uh, meet him at that time, anything we would love to hear about your Peter Gabriel experiences during those first four records, just email us, imbalancehistory at gmail.com.
0: Or even before that, like on his way into solo career, time you know absolutely anytime. yes yeah. wow the great peter gabriel so much fun so much great music in those four albums too man and we didn't even talk about the touring in his live shows solo or just as legendary as when he was in genesis always good to get together cook up some interesting ideas and great music and not to mention one of those frosty growlers from crooked eye Mm -hmm. and roll on some great music and talking about all this stuff. One of the great things about this working with you partner is we teach each other shit and it's always fun to see what we can learn and what can make us say what in every episode of the podcast.
2: No doubt, man, this has been a blast and being able to just, sort of power listen to artists like peter gabriel or our previous episode of the police is really a lot of fun because you get to hear them from a different perspective versus hearing them on a playlist or like on the radio or
0: yeah piecemeal you know piecemeal don't hear one yeah song at a time you're hearing the whole thing
2: and if you're listening to the albums in order, you get a whole new feel and look for this band or that band or whoever you do it for. And it's really a lot of fun. And yeah, and that's t- what
0: we live for here at Dark Dark Media. If you want to know the truth, folks.
2: And then we talk about it. And that's so much fun, too, to just talk about music. <laughs> Till
0: the next time, we do just that. Signing off. On the Pantheon Podcast Network, I'm Ray Coob.
2: I'm Marcus Goldman.
0: This has been four albums from Peter Gabriel that you can't live without on the imbalanced history
2: of rock and roll.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football